two, there's some things that I feel like um, the Lord has already put into my spirit. And um, it's when you when you wake up at night a lot earlier than what you're supposed to, <laughs> you know, maybe two or three hours early or four hours early. And uh, it's it's a good time for for you just to listen and, and talk to the Lord and and hear what's going on. Um, but I I'm I'm glad to hear. I, I'm glad to um, always glad to uh, welcome God to to wake me and and to speak to me and and I think all of us uh, we benefit from when we can hear the Lord and, and talk with Him. Um, but he did put some things in my heart, and, and I want to share them tonight. Um, it has, and it goes, it really goes hand in hand with uh, something that Pastor Don actually taught last night. Uh, a little bit different, but it does follow in, in that footstep. Um, and I gave a title, it's called A Wake Up Call. <laughs> a Wake Up Call, and it's a little bit different, but. Um, I'm going to open with a passage of scripture in First Peter chapter five, and the starting at the last part of verse five, and it says here that um, be sober, um, be aware, because your adversary, the devil, is walking to and fro, seeking whom he may devour, and. Um, there are there are a lot of things in life, um, you know. You can you that can give you alarm in life. Um, and you know, recently I was reading something in in some financial news, and and they are, and it seems like the, I call them the talking heads um, in you know in the news cycle. But they're talking about 2024 is it it could be a very difficult year for the market and financial market and uh, just just for the everyday person. Um, and and so they, they they say, hey, it's let's be aware. It's, it's this is a wake up call. It's time for you to get on board with X Y Z. And so there are things and times and when when we may hear some kind of an alarm that, that's meant to awaken us and and to give us a strong message. Um, we take a we take a biblical worldview. I don't uh, I don't take a, a secular worldview. I look at things through the lens of of God's word, and I I let everything pass through that that litmus test, so to speak, when it comes when I hear something because I I I don't want to I don't want to make any rash um, determinations or rash decisions, things that that would not be good, uh, you know, for myself and my family. So, but God's word also gives us. It, it speaks to us. It talks to us about um, about things, and um, when whenever when a person, when you and I, when we uh, were first came into the faith, and and we were obedient to you know to uh, what we felt, God pulled us. He drawed us in and drew us in, and we were obedient. It's we. We heard we heard the preacher, and we felt God, and we went forward, and we bent our knee, and there we knelt, and and we would pour, 
you know, we poured our heart and our soul out to, to the Lord. Uh, we felt, uh, the Bible says, godly sorrow. Um, and, and so we felt that godly sorrow, that contrition, that God moving upon us. And in, at that point, we, um, we were on the path to being born of the water and the spirit. God working in our life and bringing things into us and changing us. As Pastor Don did a, a marvelous job um, preaching again, teaching again on being transformed. We were transformed, and transformation is not a it's not something that is done in a moment per se. Um, and though salvation comes to us, but but it's salvation also is a journey. It's um, it's 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 from point A to point B, and point A is that new birth, and point B is that time getting out of here and going to the other side, um, whether it's by rapture or by death. Um, but when we when we when we enlisted. In the army of the Lord, when we joined, when we came into the body of Christ, um, then we began to uh, experience maybe some some battles and and some things that were raging and some decisions that had to be made and 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 we made those decision those decisions. Um, I have we have seen people who have come to the Lord and uh, they came with some some real checkered past um they you know they came from uh, different places of of life that were harsh they were cruel it was cruel it was mean it was difficult and god gave them a new life in and and from the time he gave them that new life um they begin to grow and put changes into their life and and it it is a battle but we can't take it for granted. You learn as you serve the Lord that that um, you you have to make uh, a a long term commitment. It's you can't make a short term. It has to be you. And so, as you grow in the Lord, you will find that temptations will come. Maybe some people will be reintroduced into your life and and people that that you had had really had walked away from um, because they were maybe a bad influence and you got around them and and caused some problems. And this happens and we are we're fallible, but God has given us his his spirit. He's given us everything we need to serve him. He really has. This this passage of scripture again is it's kind of an introduction um, to if you've never if never studied this and maybe in many of you have been serving the Lord for so long, um, kind of like myself. It's my whole adult life and in all of my teenage years, um, and I thank the Lord for it. But there is an adversary and the devil. And he is there for one purpose. He's there to to divide, to tear down, to dismantle, um, to, to steal, to 
kill, to destroy. He leaves devastation. And even in the Garden of Eden, uh, the first man, the creation of God, right? He made man and the woman. And even in that garden, in that place where they would walk in the cool of the morning with God himself in the spirit, he would, he would come among them. Even in that place, the serpent inserted himself into that place to beguile them, to deceive them. And so, and it has been for all of time, for as long as man has has been, that has it has existed, and that that adversity, that adversity that that comes, that spiritual battle that comes, and I I have I remember hearing so many years ago a friend of mine, and he would he did not come from a um, an apostolic background. Um, but he did come into the church, and God gave him a wonderful experience. And and he would tell me, he said, you got to keep your guard up. You always got to keep your guard up. And I said, of course you do. Um, but it's something that I never forgot from him. And that was, you do have to keep your guard up. You have to be aware. have to be, in this verse here, it says, to be sober. It's not talking about uh, don't imbibe and 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 don't be drunken with with wine, but it's it's talking about being aware. Be aware with a sharpness and have clear understanding, because there is an adversary that comes against the child of God and against the people of the Lord, and. What does this adversary do? He is walking up and down in the earth, to and fro, it says, seeking whom he can devour. Um, and I want to just talk to you for a minute about unbelief. Unbelief is, is what is unbelief? And so I wrote some things down about unbelief. Unbelief is a state of a state of not believing. It's an absence of belief in the Lord. And, and so a state is a state. It is a, it's a long-term place of, of not believing. It was a choice that a person made uh, maybe many times over. And in the course of making those decisions to, to quench his faith, or to reject uh, faith, finally they became in a state of unbelief. Um, doubt leads. Doubt is is kind of a uh, it's kind of a it's that it's that entry drug, so to speak. That that if allowed to stay there, it will lead through other things and finally into uh, into that state of of just not believing. And not accepting. Um, so, when you begin to go through those stages, and and I, I want to be positive tonight. We'll get to some positive things in a minute, but just kind of laying some some groundwork here. As the Lord teaches us in the New Testament, 
he there's some things that he tells us to do and he gives us some some and and we hear it throughout we hear it throughout ephesians we heard about uh, about being transformed by the renewing of our mind uh last night and so these are commandments these are things that god wants us to put in action it's a it's a uh, in the business world we call it a call to action, right? Um, for if you're a salesperson, you want to when you when you meet that person or you go to that business and you want to sell them something, you want to have a call to action to bring to engage with them, and so God gives us that in His Word for us spiritually. This is what we need to what what He wants from us. He wants us to to do some things. And the reason is, is that if we don't, then doubt creeps in and then other things creep in, things, uh, uh, some temptations and you begin to put on some behavior and some speech and, and whatever. And then it goes into, you start, you just fail really to believe you just, you fail to exercise your faith. I've said for a long time that um, I kind of think that people don't pray because because maybe they they're not having faith. They they're they're not using that faith. They're not looking to God. Um, but there's hope. There is hope. You know the story in First Kings chapter seventeen. This is the story of the old prophet. And he had gone to uh, King Ahab, and this was a time during Israel um, when they were um, they had uh, evil kings, kings that 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 did not serve God. They had no ear for God. They had no ear for the law. Had no ear for the word of God. They didn't, they didn't want to listen to the prophets and the elders and and those that would speak to them. Uh, they led Israel into idolatry and and other things, and and so. And they they opened that door to being being deceived, and it was in this time frame when the old prophet Elijah went to King. He said, um, "At my word, it will not rain, and there will be no dew on the ground, and there will be a great drought." And so, and then he left, and the Lord told him, "He said, I want you to go." Go to the brook, and there you, I, you'll have water, and, and I'll make sure that I'll have the fowl of the air, bring you food in the morning and food in the evening. And then after a course of time, because of the drought, the brook dried up. And so the Lord says, I want you to go to Zarephath. There's a woman there. There's a widow. And I have instructed her to take care of you and to feed you and give you shelter. And, and so all these things. And so for three and a half years, Three and a half years, Israel suffered deep drought. Affected, it did not rain. Didn't there's no dew on the ground? Crops, livestock, they all suffered. And finally, the Lord said, "It's time. It's time." And, and so the old prophet was told to go to Ahab and tell him to get ready that rain is going to come and and so as as the that old wretched king that he was he began to get ready um and he kept looking for the prophet for all those years and, and finally the prophet came he began to prepare 
Elijah took his helper and they went to the mountain and they began to pray. And, and, and so he told his helper, go and look and tell me if you see any clouds. And he would go and he'd come back and no, there's no clouds. And they'd pray and he says, go check again. Come back, there's no clouds. Go again, go look again. And finally, on the, on the seventh time, the, the scripture says that there was a small cloud the size of a man's hand that pops up uh, on the lower horizon. And he came back and he told the old prophet, he says, I see a cloud. It's a small cloud. And Elijah said, let's get off this mountain. He said, it's going to come a rain. And immediately the skies darkened and rain came. And, and as we say in Arkansas, it was a gully washer. <laughs> it's a, it a good rain. And, and so I look at that story and I think about, I think about the faith that had to exist there um, for the old prophet. And he, he told his helper to go and look. Go look again. Go look again. Go look again. And and to be in with patience. And he would go and look. And he would go and look. I think the Lord um, you know, says to us, don't follow in don't follow your doubt. Rather, go and speak to God. Go and look to God. Go and turn your eyes toward the Lord and and ask of him and look for him. Let him be your help. Let him be your strength. There's something about exercising our faith to good works. James says that, that faith is, is, is not just a, a belief. It is also works. It is doing. It is putting, it is putting that faith in action. And so it is not just a mere belief, but it is putting action behind that faith. He said, I will show you my faith by my works. James talks about that. Um, in Hebrews chapter 4, um, there's a, in chapter 3 and, and chapter 4, it talks about a rest. And Israel, um, they followed the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was a day of rest, right? Um, and so it was in the in the Old Testament scripture in that in the Old Testament times, the rest was the Sabbath, and when you come into the New Testament, uh, into this time, then that rest, you know, the Sabbath uh, was no longer that rest, but that Sabbath was fulfilled in the in the pouring out of the Holy Ghost, right? And so, in chapter four. Um, Verse 6, it says that Israel did not enter into God's rest because of unbelief. And then in verse 7, he said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And this is in reference to Israel. Because Israel, uh, because of their unbelief, they did not enter in, into that rest. And then verse 9, it says, But there remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. Um, in, verse, in verse number 11, it says, Let us labor. Let us labor to enter into that rest. 
it takes some work. Serving God requires commitment. Serving the Lord requires us to look to him and to expect him and 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 to I like to think that when we pray we should have an expectation, right? We should expect healing. We should expect strength. We should expect that thing that we need that that we're looking for. We should expect that our family would be born of the water, born of the spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, right? As the spirit gives utterance. Those are promises. And we should have that expectation. And But he says, let us labor. The writer of Hebrews, let us labor. Let us work toward he says, lest any man, he said, if we don't labor to enter into that rest, then any, lest any man would fall after the same example of Israel of unbelief. And so Israel, they didn't enter into that rest. The scripture says um, in Isaiah chapter 28, for stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. And then in verse 12, he says, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. And the last part of that verse is, yet they were not here. And speaking of Israel, but also speaking of people, even in our time, they hear the word. They may drip. They may grip the back of that chair and, and, and what we call a white knuckle grip, and and just afraid to let go and afraid to go forth. It's the first step. That first step toward God is a step of faith, and you go forth believing that He's going to help you. Um, and so again, uh, this is. The rest is that infilling. It's the pouring out of his spirit. The pouring out of his spirit. Um, there are two times in the scripture that records that Jesus marveled. And the and one time was he marveled because such great faith he had never seen in Israel. And the second time that we find that he was marveled, he was just and in, uh, not disbelief, but he was just amazed at, at what he saw when just the opposite, that they failed to have faith. They failed to believe because of their unbelief. Luke chapter 7, you know the story, right? The centurion servant was sick and was expected to die at any day. And and so he, he sent... Um, some elders, Jewish elders that that he had befriended and had helped them and built a synagogue for them. And he really, he was a very devout man. This centurion was, and he had heard of Jesus. And so he sent the elders go and inquire and and let's and, and see if he can come and see if he can send word for my sick servant. And so when they found the Lord, they talked to him and said, look, this is a worthy man. You should go to help him. And so Jesus turned and went um, to, to go and find uh, the centurion. And when the centurion heard that Jesus himself was coming, 
then he sent some friends out and they uh they they came upon jesus and said look um our centurion friend here he he does not feel that he is even worthy for you to come and that because he's a man of authority all you have to do is just say the word and my servant would be healed and as it, it was at this time first number nine luke 7 says and when jesus heard these things he marveled at him at the centurion and he turned to the people and he said to them he said i say unto you i have not found so great faith no not in israel and jesus spoke the word and when they returned when the when his friends returned back to the house where the centurion was with his with his sick servant the servant had been healed he was healed and so the Lord marveled at their great faith. I love the story. And then in Mark's chapter six, we find um, where this was a time when, when Jesus had been rejected by his own home people in Nazareth. And verse one says he came into his own country. Verse two, he went to the synagogue and there he heard and, and he spoke and, and the people heard him and they said, it says that they were astonished. Um, they heard him. They they saw his wisdom. They heard his wisdom. Verse 3 says, but yet they questioned. Yet they questioned. They would not allow. They could not accept with, with faith. They questioned. It says, is this not the, a carpenter, the son of Mary? And they were offended because of Jesus and and so the Lord said to them, a prophet is without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And verse five goes on to say, and he could, and there he could do no mighty work, save he laid his hands upon a few sick people and healed them. And verse six, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And it is, I'm closing up here, but it's, he has given us, the Lord has given us clear direction in his scripture to persevere, to be aware, to pray that there is an adversary. There are things and there are things and our own flesh and our own carnal self can can take over. He tells us that to bring every thought that is against God into captivity. I appreciate last night's word from Pastor Don because you can't give an inch. You can't give an inch to your to your carnal self and to that natural man. Proverbs three says, "Lean not unto your own understanding." We have to look to Him spiritually. He tells us in Corinthians to walk in the faith, um, to walk worthy of the vocation, uh, that calling of God that He's given to us. There are things that we that He wants us to do. It's to protect us. It's to keep us strong in the faith. Paul said I, that he he contended for the faith. In chapter 5 of 1 Peter, 
in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore. Humble yourselves. That's an action word. I've got to humble myself. I've got to go through that action of humbling myself, submitting myself. Humble, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. I need his mighty hand upon me. I need that touch of God upon me. I need to pray. Paul said, I died daily. It was an action. It was something. It was a, it was a reconciling uh, of, with the Lord every day, talking to God, talking to his maker, his savior. Verse seven of that same chapter in first Peter five says, casting all your care, casting again, it's an action, casting all your care upon him. It's an action of faith. It's a call to action. God is calling us to, to act toward him, to come to him, casting all your care upon him. Why? For he careth for you. Amen. Amen. Can I say that that word careth, you know, he careth for me? He cares for you. That that is also. It's not a. It's not a placid word. It's. It's. It is a. It's not a. Uh, a quiet. It's a. It's a word of action. There's some things behind when it says he cares for me. There are some things. There are some mercy, some grace, some love, some power, some deliverance, some provision that stands behind that word careth. And so when we cast our care upon him, it is we are called, we are, is a call to action. But when we do that, he cares for us. He provides for us. In time of need, he provides for us. We can call on his name. It's like a mighty tower where we can go. Amen. James 4, 6. I like this. Um, resist, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so, verse next verse says, "Therefore, submit yourselves to God. Submit yourself." Again, it's the call to action. God is calling me to submit myself. Oh, that's a lot. There's a lot to that. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that. What does that look like for you? What's that look like for me? I've got to submit myself to God, to His way, His will. Got to pick up my cross. He said, "If you will submit yourself, therefore, to God, and resist the devil, the devil will flee." It didn't say it would, he would just flee. He said he would flee from you. I need that protection. Next verse, draw nigh to God, a call to action, and he will draw nigh to you. Amen. Last verse here, James chapter 5, uh, thir you know, 13. Is there any, uh, are there any sad? Let him sing a song. Verse 14, is there any sick among you? It didn't say pray. It said, is there any sick among you? 
Let them call for the elder. Let them come forth to the elder. I wonder, I've wondered uh, for, now I have, I have said this uh, in many occasions that I wonder if, if sickness has not been healed because, because they did not come forth. They, it was not a, they didn't follow that command to action. He said, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders. And then the elders will anoint them. If there's any sin, he will forgive them, save them, and they will be healed. When we make that first step to that call to action toward God, it's when we don't. Uh, to go back to Hebrews again, the, there's a passage that talks about uh, the Israelites and, and the, the people of Israel, how they, because of their unbelief, they did not have the rest. And the verse of Scripture there that says that uh, when, you, when you hear him, don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your heart. I want to be pliable clay in God's hands. It's my hope for glory. It's my hope for glory. Amen. That's all I have. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.